This podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. Our Stripes acknowledges the traditional owners of the land and pay our respect to elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to Our Stripes, the Richmond podcast where we delve into the many and varied stories that make up our strip, the mighty yellow and black. As always, I'm here with Tiffany Cherry. Hello, Tiff. Hello, Ryan. Great to be with you. And we have a premiership favourite here with us today. Uh, one of the best. One of the best. Uh, almost Norm Smith. We might get into that later. We've got the uh, lovely Vasha Hawley here with us today. Hello. Hello. Salam. 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 Salam means peace to everyone. And uh, I'm very happy to be here with uh, two lovely people that are very passionate about diversity, about the game, uh, Rana and Tiff. So, yeah, very, very happy to be with you guys. Well, we're thrilled thrilled to have you on board. Uh, I'm going to ask you to go back into history for me and tell me a bit about your first footy experience. Can you remember it? Uh, yeah, I can. I can. It's obviously many, many years now. Oh, bloody hell, I'm getting... Uh, Getting a bit old now, so uh, you know, 31. Oh, I started so <laughs> old in, in football terms, <laughs> and obviously the way the body's feeling as well. So, um, but um, yeah, I started football at the age of 11. Um, you're talking about more so when I first started playing football, or way before that. Way before that, I want to know what was your first kind of memory of football. Yeah, football for me was more so just going typically local to local football, watching my older brothers play football at okay. a local football club hmm. uh, at senior level, but. Um, for me, it was always the opportunity to literally, as soon as the siren goes at quarter time, half time, and three quarter time, it's grab the footy and run uh, to be able to get as much time as possible to have a kick on the ground. So for me, that was the, the ultimate moment where, you know, you, you've set it all up. Okay, I'm going to kick it outside 50. Um, you know, these guys are going to set up there. We'll play markers up or whatever it may be. So. Um, and, th- and obviously, that I would have been probably seven, eight, nine years old there. Where um, yeah, it was a very, very great moment, and um, it's an opportunity to show off your skills to <laughs> to the guys that are watching. The probably the thirty or forty people that are watching. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. So yeah, it was a, it was a check that, me that, out. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so and actually, those skills came to the fore fairly quickly. You started to show a fair bit of talent. I remember interviewing you, and I was trying mm. to think. It's probably seven, eight, nine years ago, and you you spoke about how uh, you first started with your football and a story sticks in my mind where you said that um, you started being really successful but you were hiding it from your family yeah. and uh, and you used to hide your trophies or you had to bring your trophies home. Can you mm. take us through that story? It's funny because every time I mention this story and I mention trophies, it sounds like this this individual has won every single possible <laughs> award. Let's you're just only meant to win one trophy. Ones, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're only meant to win one, tr- win one trophy. But uh, the reality, reality was there was more than one award. So I was a little bit lucky to win a few. So, um, um, yeah, it was just a moment. Obviously, my parents weren't really f- massive fans of football. My older brothers played football, but they weren't really, um, actually, they weren't supportive at all. Um, so that followed through my journey as well, where you know they weren't supportive at all. They actually didn't want me to play football or sport in general at all because the fact that they thought um, it was going to drive us away from our studies and education. Um, my older brother basically set the benchmark really high, you know, <laughs> becoming a surgeon. Oh, so oh, that wow. means everyone had to be super smart and become a doctor. Otherwise, you're not successful. But um, you know, that was a few years. Uh, that went in for a few years. But after that, my parents. Uh, Fully supported me, um, but yeah, it was a tough time, tough time. But for me, as a 11, 12-year-old, 
young kid, you, you don't know any better. It's you just yeah, you just want to play football and whatever it takes to play football. Um, the good thing for me is I had support. I had my, older, had my older brother's support who, you know, followed me and initially I guess got me started playing football at a local football club. So I had that semi-support there where it helped once once it came to explaining um, to my parents. But so you had you won a, a number of awards and you mm-hmm. were told to take them home. Yeah. And so how did you? What was going through your mind about? Well, oh, I'm going to have my secret exposed. Yeah. Take us through what happened. Well, the one thing you not do, you're not going to your first group of trophies. You're not going to launch them into a bin, are you? Absolutely no not. Way. You're going to do everything possible to hide them, to cherish them, and to hide them, uh, and to put them in a safe place. But uh, so I, I slid them underneath, underneath the top, and then being um, uh, multiple, <laughs> um, you know, I couldn't possibly have, sticking out everywhere. Couldn't possibly have put on put on that much weight within uh, within you know twelve hours or so. But um, yeah, just basically walked in through the back door, and um, you know, it's a good good time to. Uh, get away with things when my parents are watching the Arab news because they're, they're so embedded uh, yeah. in the news and worrying what's <laughs> happening around the world and, uh, and, uh, and all that type of stuff. But um, I thought, you know, great opportunity. I think it must have been an ad break where they were just, just you know, obviously looking around and I slipped through the back door and there I was, bang. What do they um, say? I, I can't, I, I'm not gonna, I, I don't like making up stuff, but uh, it's, it's stuff that, uh, it was more like, you know, where did you get this from? What's this? just the shock the the massive shock and the good good thing is my brother was there and you know he said that uh you know the story with him is i took him i took him you know when you guys thought he was going to um you know deliver pigs pigs every friday night (laughs) i was dropping off dropping him off at training um and uh you know i just which want him to play because i feel like he he's got a lot of talent and he wants he wants to play and you know i guess you guys didn't support us when we were younger why not let him play um, so from there, it was kind of there was a bit of understanding, but there was like a, a promise made between me and my parents, and that was to, to continue to do well at school, uh, and then at the same time allow me to play the game that I love playing. So that agreement uh, stuck for a long time, and then as a result, obviously got drafted. What were you like at school? I wouldn't say I was top end really smart, and yeah. I wouldn't say I was bottom end. So I reckon I was above above average. Okay. I was above average. I was pretty good. Like I remember my year nine and ten. Year, year nine and ten, I was getting A's and A pluses for everything, and then I got a girlfriend at the at, in, in, in year, at the end of year ten or eleven. Um, and when I say girlfriend, it was just a very low end girlfriend. It's funny you call it's funny you call a girlfriend. Oh, it's like a, I hope she's not listening. I've, I've never had a girlfriend in my life. Mind you, this is against our religion. So, <laughs> but you know what? When you're young, you do things and you don't think. I mean, it was all tamed. It was all sensible. Um, and um, yeah. I don't really call it a girlfriend. It's just a, it's a, a crush on yeah, a girl, and um, yeah, she took over a little bit, and I guess she affected my studies. Not uh, your football though. Not you know what it, it did a little bit, and then uh, and then I had to really check in with reality and and really uh, you know focus on what was important in my life. And when 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 obviously VCA came along and, and football became a little bit more serious, that was the time where I put that on the side and uh, thought you know this is going to affect me. Um, the thing is, growing in, 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 in a Muslim family held, because it's a re- against our religion to have a girlfriend and boyfriend before marriage, um, y- you do a lot of things secretive. Um, you step out. You know, you don't want to tell your mum and dad, I'm running, knows all about this stuff. You tell mum and dad, I'm going to go um, hook yeah. up with my girlfriend. <laughs> They're like, what? Uh, yeah, the whip comes yeah, out. The whip comes out. But, um, <laughs> uh, and it's kind of old school mentality. Like yeah. today, this day and age, it's kind of accepted to an extent. Um, but for back then, when parents came to this country, it's like absolutely no way. You know, you're ready to get married. 
we take you overseas and we get you married. Uh, that's not what happened to my older brothers. They all found their wife um, and, and their husbands with my sisters, yeah. uh, according to the, what they wanted. But, um, you know, it was kind of different back back, the, back in those days. So typically I think she, um, you know, having a crush on this girl was kind of affecting my studies a little bit and my football. Um, and uh, and when I, I, when I realized that this was happening, um, we're, talking, we're talking about 15, 16. Like yeah. I'm, still, I'm still a baby. Yeah. Um, I didn't look like a baby because I had a beard. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll put that to the side and then um, you know, refocus on what's really important in my life. So how is, are your parents now? They've, they've experienced this journey from that moment when they saw the, the trophies stuck mm-hmm. under your, your top yeah. to today. You're 31 years old, you're yeah. a premiership player. How have they embraced your football a journey as part of their lives as well. Yeah, it's uh, with every like um, stage of my life growing up as a, as a junior playing football. The more successful I was as a local footballer, junior footballer playing rep football, state football. I think that was the more the more interest they became uh, interested they mm-hmm. became into the game because they thought you know there, there could be possibly a career for him in in this area. Um, and I guess what helps is uh, external support from like. You know, elders in the community, people that I guess that were the age of my older brothers who would talk to my dad and say, you know, you should support him. You know, he's got a massive chance, um, and um, you know, if you stick by him and you support him, yeah, he can his dreams can come come true. I guess ev- all our dreams could come true seeing one of our own play at the highest level. Mm. So a lot of my like the guys and my 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 older brothers and and his friends missed out. They thought they had the talent but I guess didn't have the support mm. and probably to an extent the discipline. Whereas I, I had that, I had support from my father initially and then I was super disciplined. So I was mm. willing to do anything and everything it takes to be able to give myself an opportunity. And there was a belief, you know, belief, obviously not only the on-field talent that I had and mm. I was presenting, but more so the belief from externally, you know, with coaches and mentors and, and people around the community saying that, you know what, you could be, you could be the next big thing. Um, I'm not trying to boast anything, mm. but in terms mm-hmm. of the big, next big thing within our own community, because no one's really, no one's made it from our community. You can make us proud, and mm. I guess make yourself proud and your family proud by you know, fulfilling a goal that we would all dream to mm. dream of of being, and that's playing at the highest level of AFL. So that kind of helped my parents. And then obviously, once I started playing AFL football, you know, they thought I, I had made it. But the reality is, once you get drafted, that's that's like probably it's the beginning, and that's the probably easiest step to an extent, because then you've got to fight with forty three other brothers at your football club to mm. to, to to secure a position. And obviously, my rough um, time at Essendon a little bit early on um, wasn't going too well, and then you know things started to shine further from there. And you know, my parents are very very supportive and very I would say very proud. Mm. You met. We've talked about. Faith, and I think everybody knows mm. you're a devout Muslim, yep. first devout Muslim to play the game. Um, but I want to, I'm interested in that transition that you made in your life from kind of having faith as a kind of cultural just thing that you've grown up with to it being something really integral in your life. Mm. Like, what happened in that journey and, and through football as well, it, yeah. it seems to have happened. Yeah, for me, obviously, um, the older I became, uh, the more wise you get. Um, and the more th- more you start doing things because you really want to do them, 
um, I, I'm trying to refer back to, um, I guess, implementing practices of my religion. So early on, I've, obviously, it was I, I, I was at an Islamic school. Um, so you get taught the real basics about your religion. M- my family household wasn't really religious. Uh, it was more culture, culturally mm. driven. So yeah, though my parents would pray. You know, given that we have to pray five times a day, you know, fast a month for Ramadan, but mm. nothing beyond that. Um, so for me, it was it was more about you know being at the at an Islamic school, studying in an Islamic school, and starting to learn about um, you know why would why do we pray? Why do we fast? Why do we do things? Why do we smile to people? Why why are we kind? Why are we respectful? Why do you have to be this um, you know as you know this this great um, individual? Um, and the, simply you start to to learn these these sort of things. And for me, it was I guess um, um, uniting. With, with the greatest example that ever existed. And for us, obviously, being Muslims, it's, it's our Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, who, who basically was, um, you know, he was, he was the master of character. Uh, and what this character looks like, it looks like basically being respectful to ever, everyone, regardless of your status, rich, poor, whatever you are, um, you know, everyone's equal and, and, and have that mentality. Um, you know, discipline, professionalism, um, you know, putting a smile on your face, regardless of situation, you, you, the situation you were in in your life. So, I think for me, it's gaining gaining that true love for our beloved uh, Prophet Muhammad. And for me, you know, having that connection with him made me a better person, better individual. Uh, made me appreciate everything in life, mm. whether it was on a high or a low. You know, there was times where it was it was low. We mm. can get into that. Um, you know, through football, through life in general, um, it was low. Um, I, I wouldn't call it hardship. For me, it was more more lessons. Mm. But if it wasn't for having that example of, of Prophet Muhammad, for me, it would have been hard to, to bounce back and, and get out of that hole. So whenever I looked for answers, mm. I dig into the, the, the book of of the, the you know the, the life of the Prophet Muhammad, and you know it wasn't to I guess uh, you know he, the Prophet Muhammad didn't go through situations exactly the way I'm going through, but it was more lessons about. You know, he went through tougher situations. So if he went through those sort of tough situations, for mm. me, it's nothing. Um, that is yeah. what religion is for so many people, isn't it? Just mm. kind of that guidebook on how to live your life, yeah. really. There's an element um, that some people might have seen, and I think now there's some videos on our website um, in terms of your practice of the religion, and that's your recitation. I'm not going to ask yeah. you to do it, don't worry. <laughs> um, but you do have a beautiful recitation. I really want to know where did that come from? When did you discover that? Mm. It's a talent, really. And and yeah. uh, describe to the listeners what recitation yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. So re- recitation is basically people might call it singing. Yeah. But for us, it's probably a more <laughs> respectable uh, word to use. So basically, recitation is, is basically recitation of the Holy Quran. Um, so we Muslims believe in the Holy Holy Quran, a, a book that was sent down to Prophet Muhammad 1400 years ago uh, and is the seal of books. So no book will come after that uh, up until the Day of Judgment. We believe in the Day of Judgment, of course. And everything that was conveyed to Prophet Muhammad through angel, through one of the angel, Angel Gabriel, uh, basically was, um, you know, put down. Um, and it's basically a way of life. You know, it's a bit of storytelling, t- storytelling about the prophets prior, like Prophet uh, Jesus, who we believe Jesus is a prophet mm-hmm. of God, um, so he's very, very significant in our religion um, as a prophet rather than God himself or Son of God. Uh, you know, Moses, Abraham, Adam, up until a- uh, uh, Adam being the first of creation. So half of that is 
the Quran, uh, and the other half or close other half is about talking about heaven and hell and obviously what happens. And there's a little bit of rulings of you know prayer and how to uh, deal with life. But um, you know it's a, it's a, it's a it's a book that will be safeguarded till the day of judgment because it is the word of God, uh, and people have tried to to break through and try to change it. But the reality is it's the word of God and it will never get tarnished. And um, and back to the recitation. For me, that was more um, growing up because I was passionate about my religion. Um, and, um, you know, I, I was very, very, um, you know, motivated to memorize verses from the Quran. So we're all encouraged to memorize verses from the Quran. And equally as important, if not more important, understand the meaning of the Quran. So... Uh, and you, you'll find that when we recite, we'll recite with different tones according to the meaning. Um, so um, it's basically, so every message, it's storytelling, it's more about storytelling, it's poetry. When it's talking about heaven and hell, it's more like in the heart mm. and it, it's got a solid meaning. So you'll, you'll find people get teary and more emotional with that sort of stuff. But um, um, yeah, it, is, it is like a form of art. But for me, I just, yeah, I just was motivated by it. Um, and I would would always listen to reciters of the Quran, uh, reciters who have memorized the whole Quran to perfection, and then you try to emulate them or imitate their their recitation. So, and over the years goes goes by, you just um, you start to pick up on a few things. You start to pick up on all the, uh, you know, the the nitty gritty, the words the of the Quran, and it makes you a better reciter. So, Tip, we had a um, few weeks ago, really, um, an iftar at the Islamic Museum of Australia. Iftar is the breaking of the yep. fast during Ramadan. Um, we took some players and staff and Basha um, did a recitation there. And I just, all I wanted to do was look at your fellow players' faces because <laughs> I don't, some of them hadn't heard you <laughs> yeah, do that before. Right. And I think most people don't know that this side of you, I think obviously we all know um, that you're you love your faith, but that that this other talent that you've got this voice, <laughs> I just loved seeing their faces, and they were. I think there was a bit of shock in the room. Yeah, even Barmy, Barmy was like, "Oh, mate!" I, he was talking talking to one of the other staff. I think it was it was Ali for saying, I, "I I didn't know whether to clap or to cheer," because <laughs> um, <laughs> one of those things where you don't you don't yeah, know because yeah. the first time you've heard it and you don't want to you obviously don't make disrespectful disrespectful to an extent. So. Um, yeah, I, I think it's sometimes it's good to, to dig deep uh, and, and to educate people mm. about, you know, the other part of your life that makes you as a person. I think it was back in 2012, the AFL made a ruling that there would be prayer rooms at every mm. major stadium. What was your um, part in that? And how forward was uh, yeah. the AFL as a, as a sporting organisation in, mm. in Australia or even globally, yeah. um, if you know that, to, to implement that? The great thing about being part of this game is that we are the most powerful code when it comes to diversity, when it comes to understanding. Um, yes, there's still a bit of racism, discrimination that, that's around, but you're never going to get that 100%. Uh, but majority of Australians, are, or just more so about speaking about the code, the AFL, the leaders at the, at the AFL are very proactive. Uh, and and what, what we put forth to them, to, to you know, to the CEO, um, I think it was... I can't remember Andrew if it was Gil. Yeah, one of my Andrew yeah. Dimitri before um, was, and, and the board was basically that there is a huge uh, tendency with from people that come from a Muslim background. Um, and, uh, you know, people, most people know that we pray five times a day. And when you go to the footy, it always, you're, always, you're going to potentially miss a prayer or two. Um, so what that means is that the individuals will go outside into the car park and pray. And it's, it's not... It's for the person who's not embarrassed. The Muslim is not embarrassed to pray. It's more so 
it's the people that walk past potentially could bottle you. Um, you know, it's not could, safe. It's not safe. Unclean as well. Unclean yeah, as well. And when we put it forth, and and we made it clear that this this you know this opportunity, if you guys allow it to go through, it's it's a multi faith room. It's not going to be a prayer room just for Muslims. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone that goes go wants to go in there, and you you can use it. Um, but so, um, we want it just for a prayer room where we, an opportunity where you know Muslims or, or people from other faith can go in there and, and perform their prayer, mm-hmm. you know, something that's truly, truly important. So we didn't want to basically segregate the love for the game at the same time this person that is devoted to their religion. Sure. Why can't we put these two mm-hmm. together and offer something that, you know, this is a game for everyone and we're going to help accommodate, um, you, know, uh, you know, a place and, and an environment for everyone. Uh, and it's it's amazing because I don't know personally the numbers that go through, but I've got family members that go to the football, and the amount of people that go that walk through that door, it just makes you feel so proud mm. that you know what, that's probably one of the best things I've I've ever put forth uh, as a you know as a uh, as an option or as as a thought, and um, you know it's it's, it's going to just continue to, to grow again because the reality is you know for us I'm only speaking from a, from a, from a Muslim background because I know the statistics. Of people that go to the football and more so the statistics of Muslims in this country. There's over 600,000 Muslims. And I'll tell you one thing, you know, probably apart from Sydney and, and, and Queensland, you know, it's like another religion to us, um, almost as equal as the faith that we carry <laughs> yeah, today. Yeah. Football is huge. Mm. Um, so having that option was, was very special and everyone is so grateful for it. I just wanted to say that that was a turning point for me um, and my partner to being able to come to the football. We mm. loved the game, but it just was it was too difficult in that um, it was really awkward to pray. And as soon as that prayer room got mm. put in place, we were just there every week. Yeah. So it really made a difference, Massive even impact. just yeah, on a personal level. And yeah, I just want to make this clear as well. So there's always a minority of people that think, oh, this is just a prayer room just for Muslims. It's not a prayer room just for Muslims. It is a prayer room for every person that believes in a faith or if you don't believe in a faith. We can't just say it's a, it's a, it's a, and even a prayer room. Meditate. Just meditate, meditate. Whatever it is, a form of meditation, form of relaxation. Obviously, we want it, we want it to be used for prayer or meditation um, because it is, it's meant to be a quiet room. It's not meant to be a, a room for, 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 you know, for, I guess. For a disco. For a disco or, <laughs> you know, uh, for a social well, yes. gathering. Yeah. It's more so just for doing your prayer that takes three or four minutes, go back out and watch the game and, um, yeah, just feel, feel a part of this great game, feel a part. Feel that you can go and watch the football and having being able to tick off one another thing that's so mm. important to you in your life. So for our listeners who haven't heard how you integrate your religion into mm. your football and you talk about Ramadan, you talk yeah. about which is for the fasting for the month and mm. you talk about then your prayer your you know, your prayer five yeah. times a day, how do you handle both of them as a full-time professional yeah. footballer um, you know the the demands that you have on your body how do you manage it I'll just keep mentioning that you know the the code as being AFL helps helps me be the person I am today being able to play football at the highest level at the same time being able to practice something I'm really passionate about the in fact the most important part of my life which is my faith um, so every time I've um, you know, I've got something on from from a religious perspective. The club, the AFL, just so pro- proactive about it. Um, but I think what it does is it stems from building that trust from day one. So when you walk into a football club, I can you can imagine if someone was to walk into a football club arrogantly um, or disrespectfully, 
um, commanding that I need time off on every Friday to go to Friday prayers. I need the whole month off to fast Ramadan. I'm not going to play football. Um, you know, having that, I guess, that, um, that you know, putting demand on, on these sort of things, you're not going to get that respect. So my aim at the start was to walk into to the football world uh, and to, to gain the respect um, of majority of people. And the best way to do, do that is being sincere with, with, with your actions, your intentions. And I think people saw that, mm. that I was purely um, sincere with um, you know, the way I go about things, very professional. Um, you know, when it came to training, I was always at the front. I would never come back overweight. Um, I would meet expectations. So that sort of stuff you build with the football club and you automatically gain respect. Once you lay that foundation, then it's easier for you to, to bring out what's important. Uh, you just gain the respect. And that's what I've found with all my fitness staff, with coaches that I've been involved. Every time I've come up with something that I that is important to me, the club, the AFL have been so proactive with it and fully, fully, fully supportive of it. Um, and that's why I'm so proud to play this great game. Mm. And it allows me to, you know, simply even grow in a beard. Like, you know, you, it's, it's probably something minor in my religion, but for me, it's huge. It's part of my identity. Like even being comfortable and the support of everyone around you, that being able to grow a beard. And Rana would know this, you know, you go to certain Arab countries, they don't even let you grow a beard. So we are so, so blessed to live in a country, live in a society that you're, you're free to practice whatever you want, providing it's within the boundaries, which obviously you're not, um, you know, affecting people, you're not putting people down, you're not causing destruction. And the reality is we're not, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. We're, it's, we're all about peace, we're all about harmony, we're all about education. So for me, as I said, from the start, building a good foundation with respect, with doing everything possibly right, and then laying out what's important to me uh, from from a day-to-day perspective. So, yeah, very, very proud. Very, I'm speaking with so much passion because I truly mean it, and it comes from the mm. heart that, um, you know, I'm so, so proud to be part of such a great game. And, you know, the leaders, it all comes from the leaders, you know, with, with Gil McLaughlin, uh, the guys on the board, football club, you know, this... I'm, I'm part of the best environment in the world, being part of the greatest game, AFL, and two, the greatest football club, Richmond Football Club. And we'll get to that in a second. Um, yeah. Just going back to what you were talking about, what about from a physical perspective? Does it affect mm. your performance? Do you feel at all? Do you feel that you, when you're fasting, mm. you're not able to yeah. play at, at the level that... <laughs> it's yeah. funny, I'm, I'm laughing because... Uh, I've actually had my best football in, in the month of Ramadan. <laughs> and that, and I, I knew you know, that's, that's what we're probably heading towards good, because yeah. uh, if you ask Dima this question, he'll probably try to ask for um, <laughs> for, a, for a 12-month yeah. Ramadan period. Um, <laughs> Did he ask for an <laughs> extension? Extension. Uh, <laughs> no, look, Tiff, I, I've, I've been fasting for a long time now, you know, over, over 20 years, um, and we, we've, we, fast, we fasted in tough, tough days. So every year it goes back. Does it go back or forward? I don't know what's the terminology, but it changes 10 days every year. We work with the full moon moon cycle. So, you know, 15 years ago, we would be fasting in summer or hotter months and longer days. So now we've got it really easy. It's, you know, 11 and a half, 12 hour days. Uh, But I've worked out a system of what works. Uh, The club uh, are very respectful. They uh, condense my program, Um, you know, and I'm out of the door by 12, 1 o'clock every day. Mm. And then obviously game day, I prepare really well two or three days before. Um, and um, you know, I've just, I've got, I know what works for me. Um, if anything, it just goes to show that there is many more ways to prepare for a game mm-hmm. rather than 
consuming so many carbohydrates <laughs> and you know electrolytes yeah. etc but kind of i just you know there's it just goes to show that there are other ways to prepare for a, for for the big stage mm. i want to talk we're talking about faith and um you mentioned your you know 42 other brothers um <laughs> that you see every day from what i understand there's a couple that you kind of share um that love of faith with um Rancy's one of them. Mm. I know you've got a close relationship with Ivan yeah. Maric. Anthony Miles is now left us, but mm. another one who kind of holds religion in high esteem. Can you talk a bit about those relationships? Because different religions, mm. but um, a shared respect, maybe. Yeah, yeah there is. You're right. There is a shared respect, and uh, I think what it does, what it comes down to, is uh, you know, with with those guys that hold the faith, and you know, I keep referring. To, to having a greater purpose of life, you know, when you talk about life with those, with you know, with those boys, they they everything seems very smooth because they've got a greater purpose in life. Um, not saying that people who are not religious haven't got a greater purpose in life. It might be a different purpose in life. It might be being able to build a house or establishing a family. That's their greatest purpose of life. But you know, for, for me, it's for me, it's having that connection with with one God. And that is the ultimate purpose in my life, you know. Providing he's happy with me, everything else is smooth. If he's not happy with me, then everything else is going down. So, um, you know, with with those boys, like you said, we we're always um, we, we were always having conversations. And the reality is, we've got so many more similarities yeah. than differences, and that's what we focus on. We focus on we focus on our similarities and what makes us as good human beings, rather than the little small stuff that. Um, you know that that, that are that are that are that are differences. Um, so um, it, it's a, it was a great it's a great culture at a football club. We're very respectful of each other's faith, each other's way of life. Um, yeah, so that's that's about it. On the flip side, then there's and I, I guess this is in every sporting team. There would be guys that you play with and work with every day that you maybe wouldn't hang out with in other circumstances. Mm. How does that work in a team environment? How do you see that? Mm. How does that work for you? Yeah, was, uh, I would say it's probably more challenging early on in my career because you're trying to fit in, you know, and you'll find a lot of the young boys as well just willing to, 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 to take anything at every chance just to be able to fit in. Sometimes do the wrong thing. Uh, other times just having a pure laugh and the older boys see it as, you know what, you know, you're part of us or... Um, so for me, it was more about fitting in. Of course, there was there was limit there was boundaries. You know, not the fact that I didn't I never drank alcohol, which is a huge mm. it's, it's part of the, the football environment mm. for a majority of people. Um, so I, I stuck pretty strong from that perspective. Um, so it was it was more so just you know obviously Mad Mondays and you know certain events, social gatherings, which they all consisted or had um, you know alcohol mm. present. Which is obviously against our religion. Even being around it to an mm. extent, we, we shouldn't be around it. Um, so we've got a saying: prevention is better than cure. So trying to stay away from other. Otherwise, you know, if you put yourself in that environment, you know, you could be tempted one day to do it. Mm. So um, so I love to use that motto or that saying: prevention is better than the cure. So stay away from it. But at the flip side, on the flip side, I do my utmost best to try try to counter this uh, by doing barbecues showing them our generosity with yeah. bringing them sweets, um, uh, you know, going away on backs camps and fishing. taking taking over the show, going fishing as well, taking a few boys fishing, camping as well. So mm-hmm. I do my best to, uh, to, to to try to make up for this. The reality is you're never going to make up for it fully, mm-hmm. but 
I'd like to say and like to think that I've I've gained enough respect that people that were, or, or the, my my brothers at this football club understand and truly truly respect my way of life and and my choices. Mm. Um, so um, yeah, it, it was very tough early on um, because I hadn't had the courage enough to st- to st- stand up and say this is who I am. Uh, but as the years have gone past and you know become start you start becoming a more established player you can lay out your your foundation and what's mm. truly meaningful to you um so yeah i think it's it's something really it's a common experience for a lot of muslims because mm. i mean it's there's no it's no secret drinking is a big part of australian culture and mm. and if you are not drinking whether it's for faith or other reasons you can often feel kind of on the outer and i think it's so fascinating especially in football because um, it is so prevalent how you manage that there is one moment that i want to ask you about which is after the premiership <laughs> i mean everybody was <laughs> celebrating yeah. and and what was that like for you? Because mm. y- you're not drinking, mm. um, you want to celebrate with your team. But I remember that night, you you ducked out quietly <laughs> <laughs> to go have dinner with your family. I'm like, I'm really interested in what that moment was like for you. Yeah, so, yeah, obviously it's alcohol's not part of my life. And, um, you know, I don't like to be around it. Um, and we know, obviously, celebrations, it's probably majority, it's all about that. Or mo- mostly about that, and it creates conversation, um, and it's a time where you say, you know what, do I let success um, take priority over what I believe in, mm. or do I stay strong and stick to what I believe in? At the same time, you can still celebrate to a certain extent. I mean, we, we spent five days together mm. <laughs> after the grand final, so there was opportunities, yeah. you know, with the the day after the grand final, with the best and fairest night with the signing session that was on, I think, on the Thursday as well. So that was an opportunity to celebrate with my teammates. But not once did I think about it before the game because I just wanted to go out there and and, and just play football and enjoy that experience. Mm. It was when it came to, uh, I guess, the, you know, the siren and the medal and the trophy. It's like, wow, this is this is true. This is this is real. Um, that's when I thought to myself, okay, just, just be who you are. And, I, you know, I actually remembered something right now, and this is why... I've got so much respect for Alex Rance. Mm. I remember after the grand final, uh, in the rooms, he grabbed me and he said, hey, Bash, I know how you are and I don't want you to change the person you are because of just we've just won the grand final. It's amazing how we've just mentioned it. I remember, remember, I remember the story. And for that, that made me so proud um, you know, of the football club where we were involved. And that was probably one of the main reasons why we were so successful that, that year because the connection that we build with the playing group was was to another level. So to have one of your leaders, um, you know, mm-hmm. come and say that shortly after the, after the siren, made me really made me feel very proud as an individual and mm-hmm. as a as a as a proud tiger. Mm-hmm. You know, for him to say, "Do not change your ways because we've won a premiership." So that kind of gave me the confidence as well. Yeah. You know, I, I would have not gone against my ways, but that gave me more yeah, confidence, absolutely. and it gave me so much, um, you know, happiness. Mm. to know that people are on the same page mm. uh, as, I guess, my thinking. So, yeah, that night, like I said, we went to the, the Crown, um, you know, did the onstage things, and then, yeah, slump, <laughs> snuck out of the, <laughs> the back, back door. door. <laughs> uh, my family were waiting for me in the foyer, jumped in the car, went out of nice pigs, uh, and I was at home by 11 p.m. <laughs> the boys would have started partying <laughs> by, no, by 11 p.m. all the media the next day. Yeah, yeah, and I, I did all the media because <laughs> I was the only sober one, so, uh, which was very nice as well. So, 
um, and then now, yeah, shed, and then shared a great, um, you know, big barbecue with the wider community on that Monday at a local park, which was very special mm. as well. There's a couple of points that you've touched on, and we want to talk about them. Obviously, the actual premiership, the game, um, the Norm Smith you mentioned, and even your your hunting. So, yeah. uh, but one thing I really want to delve into is going back to when you first came here from Essendon, and you'd played 26 games for Essendon over four seasons. You came um, 2010, mm. and again, another thing that I've heard you talk about, and you and you mentioned it just then. This is the best football club. Mm. Why is it? so good from your perspective and and I want to open that conversation about how the players were curious about you and they asked questions and you felt that gave you an opportunity to share who you were mm. um, yeah I mean uh, clearly because I've, I've, I've spent more time here than Essendon Football Club I'm not I'm not downgrading or putting Essendon away I mean if it wasn't for Essendon Football Club if it wasn't for Kevin Cheedy um, you know, I would have, would have not played AFL football. So I'm truly grateful, absolutely mm-hmm. grateful, and I'll never put a football club uh, down for, for any reason. It's just for me, I just wasn't playing football. And then, you know, as you do, if you're not happy in an environment, you look for another environment. Um, nothing against any individual or the teammates. It's just I need to find another environment. Yeah, but this just this football club. And, you know, I wouldn't say it was all nice and smooth early on at Richmond Football Club. I mean, we're on the lower end of, of the ladder, mm. so we're tr- still trying to f- find our way. But we're on a journey. Um, you know, Dima was all, always about talking about this journey, and it wasn't going to happen, you know, one or two years down the track. It was more about a five, six-year uh, journey that eventually everything will click. Um, so it was just more so... One, for me, at the start, was being able to play uh, and be, be a regular senior player. And when you have that sort of status, you... You, you become more confident as an individual, mm. you know, because you, you feel like you've gained that respect within the playing group and the people around the football club. But I always, I always refer, refer back to 2017, not because it was a premiership year, not because we took home the, the trophy. It was the build-up, you know, obviously having 2016 as, you know, uh, as a massive hiccup and not, not the season that we wanted, wanted it to be. From, from that pre-season end of 2016 leading into the 2017 season, the amount of work that we've done uh, from a leadership perspective, from an off-field perspective, to gain re- relationships, to gain cr- connection between each other, um, you know, that was the start of a massive, massive journey. And it's amazing how things can click within, you know, four or five months. Uh, once, once we built that, um, you know, things just all started to click into each other. Um, and you start to enjoy it, mm. you know, because you're having, having really good, honest truthful conversations with your teammates rather than just talking into a football club you know put your footy boots on run on the field train get off it's like it becomes a routine but rather it was it was stepping out of your comfort zone it was going that extra yard extra step mm. to build that relationship with someone that you don't formally or normally have a conversation with so you know what it does is it, it makes you uh, prouder as a person because you're going out of your way to learn a thing or two about someone else and two, on top of that, it's actually making you stronger as a football club mm. because you start playing for each other rather than just playing for the game. Um, so I think that's why we were so successful that year. And that was the probably the time where... And I was going for a rough rough stage before that as well because I wasn't really enjoying my football. And that was that, that's why, because there wasn't... There wasn't, I wouldn't say a great culture. I just there wasn't, a, a, you know, an interactive culture where, you know, you can have good good conversations 
away from you know when away from social events mm. you know when there's alcohol involved and stuff like that but true meaningful conversations when you're away on footy trips sorry when you're away on interstate trips when you go out for a coffee you can have good conversations and really start to learn a thing or two about each other um so that was that was that was a time where i was i was struggling prior to that and i, mm. I just i was th- honestly thinking about giving footy footy up um and um, you know seeking another uh, opportunity or alternative in life um, but it was that pre-season there where it helped me bounce back, um, you know. And along that year, I got injured as well. So I was injured for about... Tw- um, no, I wasn't injured. I got suspended <laughs> for four games. So, but, um, injured it, year before. It, injured yeah, the year after. The, yeah, before um, and yeah. year after as yeah. well. Yeah, before yeah. and after. So, um, yeah, that was, it was just a great environment to be around and it just gives you a bit of life. Mm. So, well, then what take us to grand final day? And uh, and mm. the unbelievable game that you had, mm. which which many thought was was yeah. you know the, the best player out there, but I mean obviously oh, Dusty was awesome as well. And absolutely. however absolutely. the the cards fell, but just how did you feel out there? Yep. Was it like someone you know th- this, everything clicked at that one moment yeah. for you? It was like honestly, I could just just picture these twenty two kids that jump out of a bus, okay, and run into a candy store. <laughs> That's all it was. That's simply, awesome. simply. What a description! Man. It was uh, everyone was so happy. I mean, you can you can have a look at the photo. You know, the photo that, that yeah. we take prior to or oh, straight after you run out. <laughs> Honestly, I reckon three quarters of the group were smiling, and the other probably quarter were just just nervous, probably to an extent. <laughs> yeah. Um, so everyone was just excited, absolutely excited to be part of a great opportunity, you know, potentially a once in a lifetime opportunity. Mm. There's no guarantees. You know, there's absolutely no guarantees, and, and we've seen that in 2018. We probably had a better year from a you know home and away season, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, one game just um, you know ended, ended our season. So, I think for us, it was just more about just having so much fun, and there was there was no um, expectations. You know, go out there and just play footy. You know, be a kid. You know, be that kid that was you know that was 10, 11 years old that would go out there and just. Um, you know, and just and just have fun. So that was that was Dimmer's messaging all week. Go out there, have fun, because he'd been involved in in, mm. in premierships, and um, probably missed missed out on that opportunity where just go out there and just have fun. Yeah. Just have fun, have fun, and stay relaxed. And um, you know, whatever happens, happens. Um, you know, you haven't got to a grand final by luck. You purely uh, your effort and intent has been evident uh, for majority of that year, and particularly the the two finals before that. If you bring that sort of uh, attitude and mentality and effort and intent, you can't go wrong. You know, at the end of the day, you walk off that field as a true soldier and and someone who's proud of of their efforts. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was a it was a very very proud moment. And you know, I remember you know first quarter didn't go our way too too well, but you know we we're still within. And in halftime, we went in so confident because we were up by I think eight or nine points. So that's when the confidence confidence really really mm. built. And then the third quarter was just extraordinary. And then to top it off, that fourth quarter. I remember five minutes to go in the last quarter, I ran over to, uh, after we scored a goal, to our backline group. And I said, oh, how good is this, boys? How good is this? We've won a premiership. And that's how, like, <laughs> that's how, like, serious, like, guys like Rancy, Asprey and Rance were. They're like, no, 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 no. Stay focused, stay focused, <laughs> stay focused. You know, we haven't won it yet. I said, my mate, of course we've won it. It was five <laughs> minutes ago. They can't kick eight goals in for you. Um, so that was a proud moment. And I smile. I remember smiling that moment because I knew we'd won. But you know, I thought, you know what? And I stick to the process. Finish this game off. And uh, yeah, it was a, it was a very very proud moment. I think I think I'll reflect on this moment greater and better mm. after football right now because I'm still playing football, and it's it doesn't mean as much as comparison to probably one day when I look at that medal 
and I'm finished and football's taken away from me, we would truly cherish that moment. Mm. Well, let's talk about after football because mm. your programs, you've got a host of programs that have now become a foundation. Mm. What, is that, what is that like for you to know that this, this is going to live on past your football career? Rana, when you, when you have, when you're sincere in what you do, um, success is, is, is there. Mm. Um, success and that might, might work out might not work out but when you've got sincere intentions even if things don't work out you know that you've given it your best and for me thankfully and gratefully you know the program's been running now for eight years and it just keeps growing gets better gets stronger why because we keep continue to deliver the messages that are important you know what i mean it's not about this bashfully foundation name it's not about the bashfully programs it's about giving back to the youth that desperately need it you know what I mean? And I'm not only talking about football development. I focus more on leadership and their identity as proud Australian Muslims. And when you've got that sort of passion, um, you, you can't go wrong. Because, you know, I'm a huge believer of, you know, God will reward me for my efforts. You know, because I'm truly investing in those who are important. And the reality is, in life, our youth need it. They need mentors. They need role models. They need guys that have done things in their life pretty well. Um, and I've got a good good sense of direction in their life, um, and hopefully they can feed off this. And I'm not only talking about myself, but I've got other guys who are part of the program who are equally as passionate, if not more, and I've got great journeys that they can share. So we're there to share our journey, share our experiences, and hopefully can take a thing or two and better their lives. Um, and if football, as, on a flip side, works for them, then it's great. So I'm not going to measure my programs based on how many people we get drafted through the program rather than the true leaders that we create in our mm. programs. Yeah. You know, that, that's, what, that's what makes you f- feel proud. Yeah. You know, for me, what makes me also feel proud is when I rock up to a local mosque that I pray at and I see people from the academy coming mm. and praying and offering their prayers because it's something I've done all my life. You know, I offer my prayers minimum twice at a, at a local mosque. And when I see that sort of actions, it shows me that these people are taking life serious. They're taking that, we're, we're trying to implement, uh, taking it serious. And, um, and that's what makes you feel really proud. And as a father of two young daughters, Sarah mm. and Miriam, Miriam yeah. uh, and the Bashahuli Academy is, has in the last couple of years embraced yep. young girls as yep. well. So that, does that complete that, that picture for you and that story? Yeah, I never thought I'll, I'll, be able, I'll be that person that wants to implement a female program. But, and, and I'll be honest, it's not because, um, you know, all of a sudden, you know, women's football has become really big that I was forced to, to do it. Um, I think what's important, and like I'll keep referring to our youth needs a sense of direction in life. And uh, when I look at programs in our community, in our uh, you know Muslim community, we don't have many female get-togethers. And this is what I treat my the female programs. It's not a football program. Rather, it's a program where I can get these young females into a good environment, get the right role models, being you know the right female role models, and also male role models and teach them a thing or two about life. Mm. That's what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about why should I offer this program just for, for males and a passion about seeing these young men be successful in their life. Whatever avenue or whatever goal that they want to you know, fulfill in their life, why can't I share that with my, our, my female sisters? You know mm. what I mean? And I get the right females in. You know, Rana's part of it as well. Um, you know, I get people who are very, very successful uh, in life come in and speak about their experiences as well. Hey, you can be successful as a female. Don't think that, you know, um, you know, these things are not all, they're not all about male, uh, about, they're it's not opportunities. opportunities. Yeah. 
It's about giving opportunities for our female. So our female programs, we don't overly focus on football development. We focus on physical activity because Rana will, will understand and testify to this that our, our, our young female Muslim girls in this country are not, they feel like that there is a barrier there. They, they can't get involved. They can't stay active. But, you know, there, there are barriers to an extent, but they can go out there. They can still go to gyms. They can still be fit. They can still be part of, you know, competitive sport within, obviously, within the boundaries of, of, of Islamic law and et cetera. But for me, we, we focus on physical activity. Hey, go out there. Stay fit. Stay healthy. We, 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 it's massive. This is part of your religion, actually. Mm. You have to be healthy. Uh, two is, uh, you know, leadership skills, trying to implement good decision-making in life. And three, their identity as Muslims, mm. you know what I mean? But, you know, if they want to wear the hijab, the headscarf at 12, 13, 14, go ahead, do it, and feel like you're going to be part of society. So, mm. you know, instilling that confidence in, in my young Muslim sisters, I'm, I'm quite very passionate mm. about it. So I'm really looking forward, looking forward to our program. Our program is going to be running very soon now, our 12 to 14-year-old programs, which, you know, some of my, my nieces are going to be part of that program as well. And I'd like to say and I'd like to think that my girls will grow up and hopefully be part of that program. Do you they're going to have to go through an interview <laughs> to get into the selection process to get into the program? But um, yeah, so I'm, I'm equally passionate about giving back to my Muslim sisters as well through these programs and seeing them excel in life. We've got. To, I know you have to go, but we've got to quickly ask you about outside of football. Um, you were just telling us about a camping trip you've just been on. We have to talk about it because it just sounded so interesting. So you do this twice a year, you said. Yeah, so minimum twice a year. We uh, I go I go away to. Uh, a place north from Melbourne, about eight hours uh, past Griffith Way. Um, it's yeah, it's it's really like I I call it remote. There's not many houses there. It's you're far from reception, far from any sort of town, um, and it's just a way. It's a time where you get away and you know with no phones. You know we're all so just you know this this device that we have is you know you can't even, you can't you can't separate it from us so it's a great opportunity to, to put it in the car mm. and can be connected in be a connected different way in a different way and you know and, the traditional and way exactly mm. right and w- when i do go there it's just it's a good, good opportunity to connect with my father my father-in-law my brothers and my best mates um it's a boys trip so yeah it's very <laughs> dirty for for like like my wife would never probably want to go there because there's there's no showers <laughs> We've built a we've built a toilet there, which is good. Well, Otherwise, yeah. it's it's free out in the bush. Uh, but she's um, lucky, my husband drags me along. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's not passionate about it. So, um, but my, my daughter loves camping. She was she wants me to set Sarah. up. A, yeah, she wants me to set up a tent. Oh, I set up a tent for her at home and sleep in it. Um, so every kid loves that. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully, I'll get the opportunity for her to you know to, for her to experience that. But um, yeah, it's a good opportunity. We go away and. Um, Really, like I said, get away from, from from everything that happens in life, and really connect with 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 what's important in life, and that's family and mm-hmm. friends. And you know, we still you know we have the best best food. We don't drink alcohol, obviously, but we replace that with sparkling water and coke and tea. Uh, and yeah, tea. Uh, coffee as well, okay. ladies. Coffee. I, I take my coffee machine. It, yeah. So we have. Uh, you take the machine. I take my that's coffee impressive. machine. I've got a. I've got a. Is it solar powered? I've got a single group uh, coffee machine, which because uh, I love my coffee and everyone that goes loves their coffee. So I take my <laughs> coffee machine. We run off a big generator. Yeah, yeah. And the generator stays oh, there. Wow. And we got lighting. We got it. We've built a, a kitchen there as well. So we've got hot a hot water service. We do the dishes with and. You could put this on Airbnb. Oh, no. One more thing, which people will be surprised. So we're about an hour and a, hour and a half away from from the local town. We're about fifteen minutes away from any form of reception, uh, and we've got Foxdale there. 
How? We've got a dish. My brother's very, uh, very clear. So we've got a satellite dish. So is this the, one, the brother that's a surgeon or another? No, smart no, one? he's a surgeon when it comes to hands on. Oh, no. um, <laughs> and this one's the engineer. And yeah, the boys they end up watching the footy. They watch the oh, NRL. How awesome. Uh, you know, and um, yeah, it's 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 not camping. There's a word called glamping. So yeah, yeah, it's actually yeah, it's actually okay. glamping to an extent. <laughs> one last question. We ask this to all of our guests. If there, because this is a, an audio medium, uh, not visual, if there was a picture that you hold uh, dear to you that's in your house or your family, whatever, or maybe in your head, can you describe it and share it with us uh, and describe what it means to you and, 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 and yeah, how, how it um, represents who you are? Look, I, I do value football, of course, but I'm not going to refer to um, the premiership. It is important, but for me, there's other more important things in life, and that's for me, it's family. Um, and the moment I remember, and I, 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 I talked about it on game day following the grand oh, final. Yeah. It's about the moment when my wife was giving birth to Sarah. That was, that was surreal. That was like life changing. Seeing the greatest women um, in that one room, mm-hmm. being my wife, my mother-in-law, and my mother in that room, was a very, very like emotional time. And once, obviously, Sarah was. She was out in this world, and you see the tears that were shared and the emotions that were shared by all of us. I was like a little baby, and I'm not very, very emotional. I'm nearly crying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm not very emotional. But that was a time where whoa, like literally, yeah. I, you know, get the get the towels and wipe up all the tears off the ground. And that was very, very emotional. Where, and for for many reasons, for many reasons, and I like to always share this. One, obviously, having a daughter. That was, you know, very, very. Um, I was truly blessed. The two, realizing, um, you know, obviously people have heard this, but realizing the the value uh, women play in society and what they go through. You know, you take that for granted being a man. You think that it's a given. Women should be doing this, and this, this, and that. And who cares? You carry a baby in your in your womb for nine months. So be it. God's created it this way. But what they go through, what you ladies go through, is it's out of this world. It's like you gain so much more respect. And, and so much more love for your wife and particularly your mother as mm-hmm. well because you think about, man, my mum had seven kids and she went through this seven times. <laughs> you know, my wife doesn't want to go through it anymore. I'm like, no, I'm putting, I'm putting it on you. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep... It's easy for me to say, but, um, you know, just valuing that moment was special and uh, it helped me, uh, you know, gain so much more respect for, for women in society and people who, who sacrifice so much for their family. On that note... Yeah, I think there's much more to say. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming in. I know you're super busy today, but it's been really lovely. And for me, just a highlight, I've been watching your career since before I was in the industry and from the very beginning because um, we were all so excited when you got drafted. And to just be able to have this conversation with you is pretty cool. Yeah, thanks for being so open and no, honest. I'm and truly grateful for everything, girls. And, um, and uh, yeah, like I said, just so blessed with what I've achieved um in life um and obviously just simply just to to be able to breathe and to be part of such a great environment um which um you know to cap off just so proud of being part of this great game and it allows you to be the person Mm. you are simply stick around for a while longer because we love watching (laughs) everything that you do out on on the field and obviously off it as well bashahuli thank you so much for joining us on our stripes and uh and from rana and i thank you to everyone listening stay tuned for another edition coming up soon thank you
يؤمنوا بي لعلهم يرشدون